Well, good morning, family. So good to see your faces. I want to echo my husband's words and also say happy and blessed Mother's Day to every mom, every grandmother, every great-grandmother, every auntie, every woman who nurtures other people's children. Um, thank you all. And I pray that you have a blessed day. And if no one else tells you today, I want you to hear in this house that you are doing good work. You are doing good work. And sometimes that good work of being a mother is full of joy. Um, some days we are smiling and we are laughing and we are feeling super encouraged. And, and then there are the other days where our heads are, are, are low and um, we're full of doubt, uh, maybe full of discouragement. And so however you came in today, I want to make sure that every mother, every grandmother who is doing the good work knows that you are blessed and we want you to be encouraged um, no matter what age your children are. Um, we want you to hear that in this house. Um, this is a, a house of grace and a house of love. And I am excited to get to share this time this morning with these women. Um, this is always such a thrill for me because um, in this church we have such jewels and I feel like um, mornings like this, you just get to see some more of the jewels and you get to hear their stories. And so we are pretending, just so you know, that um, we're not on stage. We are just in a living room, and we're going to be having a very comfortable conversation, and you guys just get to listen in, because we're going to just be personal, sharing our stories. Um, I am full of thankfulness today as a mom, because my son, my oldest child, graduated from college yesterday. And... What a momentous occasion for our family, um, just watching him go across the aisle. And yes, there were days, and he's not here yet, he's traveling home, but there were days that I thought, are we, we, not just he, we, going to get there. <laughs> and what a joy for our entire family to watch him go across the stage. Um, and, and of course, I was very reflective because it's Mother's Day weekend as he graduated, and I thought about how when my journey of motherhood started, I had a vision. You know, I had some parental examples that I had looked to, some families that I had looked to. And so in my mind, I thought, okay, what I need to do is figure out what activity my child, the first boy and then three girls, what they like, and then just steer them all towards that same thing, whether it's music or soccer or whatever it is. This, this is what's going to make things easier for me, just steer them all towards soccer. Because that's what I saw some other families do that I you know, emulated and admired. Um, the problem with that vision that I crafted was, you know, I didn't ask God if that was his vision for our family or for my kids. And so here came our first child, our oops, our boy, and he was all things football, basketball. Okay, cool. You know, Chris, take that. That works. And then we had our next, um, our first girl, and she went from activity to activity, and she excelled at everything she did, but then she 
got tired of it. And, I, and then I started going, I'm doing something wrong because I don't see anybody else doing that. I want her to be a great pianist like this person. And their mom made them take piano for 50 years, so that's what I need to do. But she did gymnastics, and then she wanted to do ice skating because her teacher had an ice skating daughter. And then she wanted to do dance and then she wanted to do and she excelled at everything but then she wanted to move to something else and this isn't fitting my plan you know and then the next one came my next daughter and here she wanted to play violin and I was like this is not this isn't going the way that I they're not all doing that one activity kind of family setup thing that I thought and God and then by the time we had Karis I just crashed all the boxes which is what should have been from the beginning I should have stopped trying to manufacture how I thought it was supposed to look. Um, Isaiah 55, verse 8, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts the higher than your thoughts. And, you know, I wish I could say that you know, after we had Karis, our youngest, who's 13, that I kind of figured this whole visioning your family thing out. But God is patient with us as his children because then my son went to college and I had a great plan for his life. I mean, it, it was great to me because he loved kids. He always had this way about him with youth. I mean, I used to have moms come up to me at church saying, your son was such a blessing to my child. And he just touched his head and spoke some sweet words to him. And that was such a, and so I, I have envisioned for my son because isn't this a good thing for moms to do, like to have vision for their children. So for, for my son, my vision for him was he was going to be a teacher. Because a black man in education will never lack a job. So I was like, this is it. This is done. Dante, you need to go towards education. And, and again, that sounded like, who would think that's a bad plan, right? Except that wasn't what God's plan was for him. And it didn't seem to be what he wanted to do either. And then we started having friction. And I started kind of sensing he wasn't as excited to talk to me. And then the Lord just said, you're doing it again. It's my job to cast vision for the life of your children. It's not your job to cast their life vision, even if it's something really good. And so I, I, when I yielded that and said, okay, God, forgive me for trying to play God, the audacity. I know better, right? But when I stopped doing that, then God gave my son a much better life plan, his plan for him than what I would have envisioned. And it was so neat as I started chatting with these women about what God had laid on their hearts, that God kind of gave us all this common theme of what we envisioned, which is, is good. There's nothing wrong with having a vision, except we have to make sure we're always yielding to what his is. And so, Miss Karen, I want to start with you, our resident mother and grandmother in the house. Um, you are blessed with five children. Melody is here, but you also have Samuel, Jonathan, Joshua, and Gabriel. And then you have four children in love, um, Jamie, Tiffany, Pia, and Susan, and then nine grandchildren, ages six to 18. So you are abundantly blessed. And um, your children are doing amazing things that God has called them to do, teaching, um, they're consulting for families who've adopted, um, working in avionics, pharmaceutical reps, heating and air service. Um, 
And you said, apart from salvation, your children are your most precious gift. Um, and we were talking earlier, something really amazing about Miss Karen's family story is um, having been in missions for over 20 years, um, in, mostly in Russia, in Mexico, also some in Russia, um, homeschooling your kids, um, making sure they learned English because they were immersed in other language cultures. And so you shared earlier with me that um, your son, Gabe, who is now a teacher in New York, he grew up speaking Russian and Spanish, and so you had to teach him English. But now, at age 31, God has put him in a school district in New York where he is teaching children and what two primary languages are spoken there, Spanish and Russian. And so to see, fast forwarding how God crafted that for him, um, share with us, as you told me, um, God's faithfulness and goodness over the years to you um, and the joy of being able to do life with your kids and your grandkids. Okay. Um, I've divided my life into different verses. And so I'm starting off with Psalm 37, 4 and 5, where it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And my desires were to be a mom and a wife and a teacher and a missionary. Well, then, God gave me all that, and then my verse had to change to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 where it says his strength is made perfect in our weakness because it was like too much. <laughs> like how in the world? And um, okay, so like Dorina was saying, I have five kids and they span 13 years. And so that was a lot of different grade levels to do um, in Mexico and in Russia. But now I'm gonna fast forward because those children are grown. Four of them are married with families of their own. Um, one is a bachelor, Gabe, and I have nine grandchildren who span, uh, the, the youngest is six and the oldest is 18, so like 12 years. Okay, so now I have new verses, but the old ones don't go away because <laughs> God changes um, the desires of our hearts but we never have enough strength, so he keeps giving us strength. Mm -hmm. And then my verses are in Psalm 90, verse 17. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And the desire of my heart is not just to sit around and do nothing. I want to have meaning for the Lord and for my family. And then the other verse is Psalm 92, 14 and 15. They will bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. And I'm in the old age section. But um, I want to bear fruit for the Lord. And I want to be green. I want to just love him so much with my whole heart. I don't want to just be there. So anyway, let me turn my page. It's a little tricky with the microphone. Um, Okay, so there's never a season to stop mothering, and there's never a season to stop grandmothering, but it changes its forms. You know, I'm not playing baseball with my kids. <laughs> I might be watching a video with my grandchildren, but it changes. Okay, and now 
It's my children and my children in love and my grandchildren who are in the marketplace and who are touching the world for the kingdom of God. Their lives are just all over. And my joy and my desire is to be able to help where I can to give them more time to breathe because life is so intense, you know, with their kids. And so if I can run an errand for them or take somebody to the orthodontist, I'm just so happy to be able to do it. But also, I get the joy of sharing life with them. But it's not the same because, you know, at night, I go home and go to bed. I don't do Bible stories and make sure everybody had their baths and all that stuff. I just say, good night, guys. <laughs> and I go home. So um, anyway, my joy is to get to just be with them, you know, to share a meal, to uh, get to go to school programs to have Addie send me a text and say, what's up, Gma?" and get to talk. You know, this is, this is all good. Um, and then God changes. I mean, God gives us gifts, and the form of it may change, but we still have the gift. And uh, my gift is in teaching. Um, I am not a cook. I'm not a decorator. I'm not a fashion person. But if you give me a child that needs to learn, that's where my gift is. So anyway, um, I've had the joy of, um, well, I used to, you know, I taught my kids. And then I taught in public school. But now it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. And I've had the joy of getting to have some of my grandchildren in summer reading camp, some of my grandchildren in summer math camp. Um, I got to homeschool my oldest one for a few years. Sometimes you see him here with me. And right now, I get to homeschool Johannes, which is a real joy and sometimes a real challenge. And we have a lovely time together most of the time. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I got to turn my page again. So anyway, um, my prayer requests, I have three prayer requests. One is for Johannes and I, that God would bless us and that he would get the education he needs and that God would just grace us and give us his favor. And then for Addie, and you know that Mello presented you Addie's request a few weeks ago. And then I'm going to put one in for Gabe. Um, he's in the process of taking his certification exams for teaching in New York. So he has two more of those. So it's the circle of life. The desires, God's strength, you get older, but you still want to do something in his favor. You just ask for his favor and to stay green. And I just can't thank him enough for my salvation and for the joy of being a mom, my kids, my children in love, and my grandchildren. Okay. You have such a beautiful heart, and it is so like the heart of God. I mean, what a heart to be excited about serving your children and your grandchildren. It's such a joy, and it's, it's a joy that God has given to you, and um, it's, it's so inspiring to me, and I know for you all to be able to see a woman with such passion just flourishing out of her, and Johannes is blessed. 
and all of your grandchildren are. So blessed for your um, love and the way that you nurture them. such a heart of love. Wow. Wow. You all are blessed. Well, Miss Tony, you and I are um, leaning in kind of the same direction, um, but you're just, you're a little ahead of me. So Miss Tony, for those who um, do not know, she is married to our elder Aubrey, almost 28 years. Wow. <laughs> yes. And, um, She's the mother of three young men, um, Aubrey Jr. is 26, and he is a graduate of MTSU and employed, amen. And then Daniel is a junior at University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And then Jonathan is finishing his freshman year at Indiana University in Bloomington. So um, yes, those are all wonderful and worthy accomplishments, yes. <laughs> and um, you described your season as almost there, not quite emptiness, but, but almost there, um, leaning in that direction. And we talked about how it's just looked a little different. You know, there, there are those who, who think they dread the emptiness to come, and then there are those who are like wishing it would hurry up and come. And you're, you're there, but it's almost. They kind of come and so elaborate on that whole coming and going thing. So... Um Dorena asked me to focus on what I was either learning in this season of life or what I was struggling with in this season of life. And I realized that I'm learning and struggling. And so um, I remember last year working myself up into this real big frenzy. My son's getting ready to go off to college, my last boy. And I was a wreck. You can ask anybody to talk to me. Every time the conversation came up, the tears just flowed. I thought, oh my God, he's leaving home. And obviously, I survived him leaving home. <laughs> and ironically enough, I kind of like it. <laughs> so. I used to say, you know, we're empty nesters, and I was all excited about that. And I had an opportunity to talk to Carolyn Revere uh, last month at the women's retreat. And she was talking about her travels and, you know, her kids. And I thought, hmm, I'm not really an empty nester. They keep coming back, and they're consuming a lot of my resources. <laughs> so I don't think we quite qualify as empty nesters. And I remember going home and telling Aubrey, honey, we're just almost there. We're not empty nesters yet. And so I realized that there are a lot of breaks. They have fall break and winter break and <laughs> summer break and spring break and in between job break. And, <laughs> and so I realized that we're not empty nesters. But this season of motherhood for me, I am learning and I'm also struggling with the concept of letting go. And so I thought, how did this happen? Where are those sweet little boys that did anything and everything they could possibly think of to make mama happy? That's not happening anymore. <laughs> and so I realized that when they leave home, they change, they grow up, they distance themselves sometimes. And I, that's okay, they become more independent they learn how to figure out things for themselves. 
And I still get the occasional call about some laundry question or how to cook something. And I'm really glad that they know that they can call on their mama. Um, I have this joke between me and my boys is that I have a favorite son. And it depends on the day. <laughs> it sometimes depends on the hour. Um, but most importantly, the truth is, is that I love my boys uniquely and completely. I love them all, in the all the same in the sense that I would lay down my life for either one of them in a heartbeat. And there's no greater love than that. So as moms, we want the very best for our children. We think we know what's best for them. We really don't. We look back over our lives and we desperately try to help our children avoid the mistakes and the disappointments and the pain that we've experienced in life. And that's not a part of God's plan. I realize that he uses all the experiences that occur in our life to mold us and shape us into who we are today. I wouldn't be the woman that I am today without the experiences, the mistakes, the heartaches, and all of those things that I've experienced. I wouldn't be that woman today if it hadn't been for that. So our testimony is in our test. It's what we experience. Life is about learning. It's about learning lessons. It's about building character. It's about our morals and our values. And above all, it's about the faith that we, we gather that's beyond belief as we journey through this motherhood. So I am really inspired by a song that Natalie Grant sings. And a few of the words are, when did I forget that you've always been the king of the world? I try to take life back right out of the hands of the king of the world. How could I make you so small when you're the one who holds it all? When did I forget that you've always been the king of the world? And so I start thinking about the struggles and the things that I'm learning. And I said, it's okay to let go. It's okay to let my boys have their own views and opinions about things in life. It's okay to have a dialogue and not a monologue where I'm doing all the talking. It's okay to give them their space. They don't have to call home every day or once a week, although once a week would be nice. <laughs> my boys are in the balcony. <laughs> it's okay to even let them date a girl that might not have made my list of girls to date. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to let them spend their money the way they want to spend it as long as they're not asking me for my money. <laughs> it's okay to be quiet and to just listen to them. It's okay to let them wear their hair long or in twists or in dreads or whatever the new fad is at the time. It's okay to let them figure out some things for themselves. It's also okay, okay to let them fall down. We're going to be there to help them get up. It's okay to let them discover who they are apart from us. And it's okay to love them unconditionally, even if we don't agree with them. More importantly, it really is okay to just let go. They will seek our help when they need it. They love and appreciate us more now than they did when they were little. And that's because now they can see the truths of what we've taught them. They are away from home and they are growing up. A mother's job is to teach her children not to need her anymore. And the hardest part of that job is accepting the success. 
So when I'm worried and fretting over my boys, my comfort is found in the word of God that tells me, in the Good News Translation, Proverbs 22 and 6, teach children how they should live, and they will remember it all of their lives. We've taught them. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, I know how, I, I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. God knows their future. So I thank God for reminding me in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So to my boys, be patient with me as I'm learning to let go. It is my prayer that you will find someone in your life who loves, prays, cares, and worries about you more than I do. <laughs> but always know that I'm your anyway mom. I thought I was going to get through this without crying. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what happens, I love you anyways. Life can be hard enough. They're going to make some mistakes. They really aren't perfect, although we think they are. Love your children anyway. God loves us anyway. That's a line right there. That's the, that's the tweet. Love your children anyway. God loves us anyway. Doesn't he? And are we all, as his children, thankful? So thankful for that kind of love. Wow, that's beautiful. Y'all know your mom is the bomb. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, beautiful, Tony. Wow. It's okay to let go. And I love the seasons of life that God calls us to in our church because as we transitioned to Courtney, you were on the other, the other end of that. You're at the point where you're like, will we make it? Will they ever leave? Yes, oh will they leave? <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know, the first thing I'm going to tell you about this lady is if you're on social media, like you need to follow her because... Courtney's posts are just, most of the time when I read them, I just, just drop my head and I just laugh because she's so real. And, you know, that's one of the mottos in our church is that we keep it real. We are keep it real church. So there's no facade. It's all good. My children act well all the time. This is all good. It's like, this is crazy. This is, it's awful. Just absolutely awful sometimes. And sometimes it's okay to say that, just to admit that. And so, um, so Courtney is married to Dustin, and they have three three-year-olds, all adopted from Uganda. So for those who did not know that just before she even says anything, three three-year-olds, okay? Um, Wyatt has been here for two and a half years, and the twins have been here since July. 
So not even a year since they've become a family of five. I'm a family of three. Um, and I loved when you sent me what God had been laying on your heart because, again, without telling the ladies this is our theme, you have to adhere to it, as they shared what God had put on their heart, God had woven a theme. There was a tapestry. And um, for your journey, you said that staying at home with your kids, that was not, that wasn't the plan. Like, that wasn't, and you've tried to, you know, step back in and the tension of trying to do, assert your will in, and, and leaning into, this is not what God is calling me to do, in the midst of the absolute craziness, which, by the way, your church family loves being in with you. My kids love your children. They love them, love hanging out with them. But um, sometimes it's, it's really hard. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, my shirt says world's okayest mom. And I had like 17 people be like, you're the best mom. And I was like, thank you. But when I say I'm the okayest mom, like, I mean, one of my kids pulled the fire alarm last week at Bible study. Like, Chris, Pastor Chris, like, rolling in with his suit. We're like, I'm so sorry. You know, I got one of my daughters taking off her clothes last the other Sunday. That was mine. That was mine. My boys are up here, like, squabbling. And I'm like, I know y'all are not about to wrestle up in front of this church. So, like, when I say I'm the okayest, like, that's where we're at. Like, we're just, I'm okay. Like, we're, we're all right. Um, <laughs> no. Okay, but for real. So... I stay at home with my kids, and no, I did not ever um, want to do that. I never saw myself doing that. I never um, envisioned or dreamed of doing that. And I think sometimes I feel nervous saying that because I know um, I have I had no people who would give away their left arm to stay at home with their kids, or I know, like, bottom line, like, it's a privilege to be able to financially pay the bills off of one income. So, like, part of me is, like, sweating because I'm like, oh, God, is people going to, like, throw stones at me up here because they want what I have or they wish they could do what I have, and I'm about to say it's not something that I ever wanted to do. So hear me when I say I don't want to, like, I don't need to, you to throw anything at me this morning. Um, <laughs> But no, I never wanted to stay at home with my kids. And um, I always saw myself working. I remember sitting in premarital counseling with Dustin. We were like 21 or something. And our counselor asked something to the tune of like, so when you have kids, like, what do you like see yourself? Like, will you keep working? Will you stay at home? And like, without like breathing, I was like, oh no, I will work. Like it was never even like on the table for a, a discussion. And so fast forward, we um, adopt Wyatt from Uganda, and logistically speaking, I had to quit my job because I had to travel. And um, about six months into staying home with Wyatt, I just, like, got so antsy. Like, I was like, this cannot be it. Like, I'm getting pooped on all day. All he does is cry. He doesn't sleep. I'm so tired. Like... I don't, this isn't fun. Like, I don't know that I really, like, love this. You know, like, I'm like, oh, my God, like, over here. Like, I just don't know. I don't know, God. And so I'm, like, Googling jobs over nap times and, like, you know, I'm, like, texting Dustin, like, if you don't get home at 5, I will call 911. Like, <laughs> like, that's just where we're at, bro. Like, come on. 
And so all, like, all this is going on as I, like, hear the Lord saying, like, this is what I have for you. Like, I know you don't think this is it, but, like, this is what I have for you. Like, you can act like you don't want it, but, like, girlfriend, this is what I have for you. And I'm like, I don't Google jobs in Nashville. You know, like, okay, cool. And so then I, like, started to get a little cocky with God. And I'm like, God, I don't know if you remember, but, like, I have a master's degree. Like, I have a brain and it works. And like my brain right now with a baby is like turning to oatmeal. Like it's turning, like I don't use it. I feel stupid. Like I've read Boo Moo Quack 87,000 times today. You know, like y'all know if you've raised small children, you know. So anyways, I'm hearing the Lord say that do this. And I'm like, I don't want to. So I back and forth go back to work, part, super part-time, but I'm, like, stepping back in every now and then. Um, all the while, I feel no peace about it, but the whole time, I'm like, I don't want to do the alternative. I don't want to do what I know I'm supposed to do. So, um, fast forward, and we are in the ending stages of adopting the twins last spring, summer, and again, logistically speaking, I had to quit my job because I had to travel over there, like, 5,000 times, and that's not conducive for things like employment. And so I quit my job again. <laughs> and uh, so I've been like for real staying at home since like it feels like eight, 800 years. But like <laughs> for almost a year, I've been like straight up staying home. This is it, baby. And um, I think, well, I don't think, I know. The thing that I'm learning, first of all, is that newsflash, the Lord can and indeed does oftentimes call you, ask you to do things that you don't want to do. And I'm also learning that like there's so much tension right there between our flesh and obedience. And I think this year has been like a huge learning growing process in just that right there. And I think part of that is like we live in this world, right, that's so self-centered and so catered towards us. And it's we have a bajillion choices. Like just go to the grocery store. I'm like, all I'm trying to do is buy toothpaste. Why are there 47 brands of Crest? You know, like we uh, there's a thousand choices for everything. And so it's like we live in this world where, like, you don't want this? Well, cool, go do that. You don't want to do this? Well, go do that. You don't like this? You know, like, there's always an ch- alternative. And so we, are, we don't ever, like, really, like, have to obey, you know, like, in, in, to some degree. Uh, anyways. But so I'm learning, like, just that whole, there's tension right there, and it's okay. Like, it's okay to, to walk out a calling even though it goes against your flesh, right? Does that make sense? So, like, that, I think that's where I'm at right now is I'm, I'm walking out this role of motherhood and this role of staying at home with my kids. And it's filled with tension, but it's also, like, so free. I found so much freedom there and so much truth there and so much... Um, almost like confidence because when I'm not when out like for the first year of parenting I was like faking it like this is so fabulous like I love every second of this and I'd like cry myself to sleep at night like I hate this what do we do you know like so when I'm not like
like pretending that this is like just the dream job, right? Because it's not for me. For me, it's not. My truth is that this is not my dream job. Um, I enjoy my children. But I'm finding that I can enjoy them more when I've acknowledged, first of all, that this is not what I had planned for my life. Does that make sense? And so I think I'll, I'll tell this story. I told it at the women's retreat, but it's such like a, it's so true. Like kids speak truth if you listen to them. And so we have a catchphrase in our house, one of them. And one of them is listen and obey. Like listen to the words that we say and then like do it. Like it's not super complicated. This is not rocket science. But it is with three-year-olds. And so I was having like a really rough day with Wyatt to the point where I was like, dude, do we need to go, like, have a hearing test done? Like, do you have some, like, wax build up in your ears? Like, giant, like, can you hear me? Like, clap once if you can hear me. You know, like, you know, so to, where I'm like, dude, what's, what is going on? <laughs> and um, he looked at me, and he was like, Mom, I know I'm supposed to obey, but obeying is just harder than it looks. And at the time, I was like, dude, sit down. Like, (laughs) do not give me that crap. But the more I've thought about it, the more I'm like, holy cow, yes, though. Like, I know I'm supposed to obey, but it's harder than it looks. Like, and if I could sum up this season, this life that I'm currently living, it would be in that sentence. Like, I know I'm supposed to obey, but obeying is harder than it looks. And that's a lesson at 30 and at age three. (laughs) Obeying, I know I'm supposed to obey, but it's harder than it looks. So to anybody else who may be struggling to obey, to listen and to obey, what is God calling? What is he speaking to you? Um, No, you don't have wax build up. Boy, that was a great line. I think a lot of us have used that line. Do we need to go get your, or, you know, the doctors checked your ears and they said they were working fine. So I just, you know, so I, I love that. I love that. And we love your family and your extended family here with you. We love the Cocktars and love getting to do life with you guys and um, learning and growing together. And I loved your kids being free Sunday. I loved, I love that. I love because that is that's, they're free, and that's what we're supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, Miss Ebony, um, you are um, the, about to be the mother of a middle schooler. Crazy. Leyland's only here in the back, right? Did they go back? Yes, they did. Yes. They, they didn't need to stay and listen to you speak. That wasn't, no, they, they weren't. Not. Yeah. They, I would embarrass them. Yeah, you, yes. you would embarrass them, so they didn't want to be in here. <laughs> Layla's 10, and Zoe is 9, and um, they're 10 months and one day apart. Yes, they are. So there you go. Um, I haven't met anyone to beat that yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ten months in one day. Yeah. You remember, I hid my second pregnancy. People thought there was a problem with me. I had people come up to my ex-husband and ask me, was there a medical condition? Because I had just had a child, and I was getting bigger. And I wouldn't tell anybody that I was pregnant with the second child. Because <laughs> so, I didn't want them to know. <laughs> And um, you, are, um, you are a mover and a shaker, literally. You were just recently deemed as one of 2017's top 20 movers and shakers in the gospel industry by Root Magazine. 
as an entrepreneur for EFG Promotions and Consulting. So she specializes in supplemental gospel record label support. And um, she's had some awesome success career-wise. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved when you were sharing what God has put in your heart because um, African-American, well, women and men in yours and my generation could understand admiration. You said your litmus test for success as a woman and as a mother was going to be how well your life and lifestyle reflected the Cosby show. And, you know, the Cosby show was groundbreaking. I mean, the portrayals of an African-American family was, was unlike anything we'd seen. Right. And so Whole that television. doesn't sound like a bad thing, that no. that was your litmus test. Yes. But that's where your journey began and God began some... Well, and when I got married, um, that, and it's so funny because I didn't realize how much that I had made that my American dream and my idol to be the Huxtables. Um, so when I got married, my focus was on um, creating a household that was reflective of what I saw in that show. I was Claire Huxtable, hands down. I mean, I, I actually met Felicia Richard three months ago and fanned out and was able to say, oh my God, do you know that I like tried to pattern my life after your portrayal of Claire Huxtable. I was Claire Huxtable, and I was going to marry my Cliff or hit Cliff or whatever it was, <laughs> and have five kids. And it, it, my friends from 20 plus years will tell you Ebony was going to have five kids. Um, and I actually, in my younger years, wanted to be an attorney, and I didn't realize that it was just like Claire Huxtable. I wanted to be, I wanted to live a middle-class Baptist church life, have a brownstone in Harlem, you know, and have great kids, and we do musicals every now and again for our family. You know, my husband would wear the best sweaters. I have a ton of awesome art on my wall. I was going to be the Huxtables. So when divorce came down my street, I think the biggest devastation was that a dream I had for so long, I had failed. I was no longer going to be the Huxtables. We were so close. And uh, yet so far, because while I was working on the appearance of the Huxtables, I had forgotten, neglected who I was as a woman of God, who my family was as people who have been chosen by the Lord, and what the purpose and plan and destiny that he had on our life was. Because I had put my life so much, I mean, it was going to be the Huxtables. And I remember being so angry about that for a large season of, my, of uh, being separated from my ex-husband. Just angry that, I'm look, you know, we're living in a nice neighborhood, a nice house, can't pay no bills. I've, you all have heard this story before. Lights off, electric off, all kinds of things are happening. And I was so angry at God because I said, you know, I remember saying to him, I was sitting on the edge of my bed, it was like, if I am your daughter, how would you allow something like this to happen? Because you said that you would withhold no good thing from me. So what is going on? And I remember he, uh, <laughs> he said, pick up your Bible. <clears throat> and I picked up my Bible and he said, open your Bible. 
I open it, did one of those. I'm just going to open the Bible. Okay, I'm going to open it and put my finger down. And I landed on Psalms 139. And I had never read this. I didn't even know it existed. And I got to verse 16. And verse 16 said, um, before one of, one, I'm paraphrasing, before a day of my life was lived out, the Lord had written my entire story out in his book, cover to cover. It was already done. So when he called me, he already had the plan for me. I was just walking it out. And so I said, okay, Lord, so you telling me, like, when this stuff was happening in my childhood, my teenage years, my college years, you already knew this was going to happen. You already knew I was going to get married, have two kids, be divorced. You already knew this stuff was already written in the book. And he said, yes. And I was like, okay, what the devil's going on? Why? Um, I have to back it up because also while I was going through this season, people kept coming up to me and saying, you know, your story reminds me of Job. And I'd be like, don't put that on me. I am not trying to be Job up in this piece. This is not happening. <laughs> and, and I read the story a couple of times and I said, I don't get it. I don't see it. Lord, you're trying to take stuff from me. I just, I'm not, I'm angry with you. But I remember one of the last times I read Job, at the end of it, Job says, you know, no longer, after the Lord has told him about himself, of course, but he says, no longer will I go by what I've heard about you, but I'm going to get to know you. I see you now. And what the word, the Holy Spirit was showing me at that moment was it was about intimacy. You know, prior to that, Job had gone on what we would call rumors or what they had, he had heard people saying about God. But at the end of Job, he said, you know what, I'm going to get to know you intimately. I'm going to get to know you for myself. And then... When the Lord began to restore him, it was after he had learned to forgive as well. And so it was like, okay, Lord, you're trying to teach me about intimacy and forgiveness? I'm trying to get this. He's like, yes. So when I said, so my book was, so you, had, you already knew all this was happening. Why would you allow it? And he said, it's for intimacy. Because there was a moment in my life, there were moments, many moments, in my life where the Lord drove me to my knees because of the burden and the weight of waking up one day and realizing now I'm going to be a single mom. And I was raised by a single mom. I knew what that struggle was as a child. I did not want it. That's not the huxtable way. And so, you know, I remember laying in my bed and when it was like, you're going to be a single mom, sheer terror came over me because I didn't want to have to struggle like that. I didn't want to have to go through what my mom went through. I remember spam sandwiches. I remember roaches. I remember a lot of things that I didn't want to do, have for my children. So that's why I work hard. So they don't have to have that. But then the other thing was like, I didn't want to walk out this alone. That was not the plan from the beginning. It's not fair to my children that they don't have two parents in the household. And the Lord said to me, but I already knew you were going to be here. And guess what? Everything you were going to need to be successful, I had already given to you. I've given you everything you need to be a successful mom, a successful single mother, a successful career woman. Trust me. The second thing he said to me is this is not just for you. Because I've called people to come across your path that are going to be walking through the same thing that you are walking through. And I'm going to have a word for them. And it's not going to come from what you've heard, but it's going to come from your experience and what you know. And when I was able to sit and say, okay, God, I'm going to give this to you. 
and I surrendered this as a part of kingdom building. If you want to use my life to build the kingdom, fine. He showed me I created you as a warrior. Some people are created to be civilians in the kingdom. It's okay. But I called you to join the military in the kingdom. That means you're going to have to fight. And you're going to get scarred. There are going to be bruises. But you're going to stand within it. You're a warrior. So, okay, I'm giving my life to you. This is for kingdom building. And the next thing that started happening is the Lord started bringing women to me on the low who were walking through what I was walking through, who were in a different part of that journey. I was further ahead. But I could say to them, there is light at the end of the tunnel. God's got you. Listen, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be mad. It's so, you know what? People did that for me. I could point out some people in this room who sat with me and did the exact same thing, who paid it forward. And I got an opportunity and still have opportunity. Sometimes I don't even know the women that well. But they say, I've heard your story or I know what you've gone through and this is what I'm going through. And I can say, listen, girl. It's okay to scream, yo, don't pick up any rocks, though, okay? Or throw them through windows, all right? I've already done that. That ain't cool. Um, <clears throat> hey, you know, that's being real, child. Divorce ain't pretty. Sometimes it can be quite messy. And stuff happens and things get thrown. Amen. God bless. Okay, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about, too. I didn't get arrested. Amen. But the point is, you know, in every season that we're in, whether we're moms or not, whether, you know, we're successful career-wise or not, whether we're at home or not, whether we're grandmothers or not, whether we're empty nesters. Oh, my God, I wish my mother was here to hear you talk about this. She would tell you when she became, when I went to college, she was at my school every other weekend, three hours away. And I would be on campus and some would say, Ebony, I just saw your mom. I said, no, you did. She said, yes, I did. And I would go to my dorm room. Sure enough, she'd be sitting in my room. And I'd be like, what the devil is she doing here? Um, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> okay, you know, I'll just say, woo, child. Um, but whatever season and wherever God has us, especially as moms, you know, that this life is not our own, you know, that we are paying it forward to our children who will one day be moms. My two girls are like the best thing that ever happened to me. And I remember when they were born and I was going through my separation and both of them were under two and 10 months and a day apart. Jesus, I don't even know how I made that out. Um, but today they're just such a blessing. It's so cool that they're so close in age because when they leave the season, they leave the season. I don't have to go back. I didn't have to go back to diapers. I didn't have to go back to potty training. It was like they were out. Amen. And now watching them get older and uh, sitting at a table uh, two weeks ago and Layla looks up at me and says, Mom, you are so happy. And I said, how you know I'm happy, girl? She said, I can see it all over you, Mom. And um, that was just such a huge blessing to me because that's where I want to be for the sake of my children. I want them to know when they pray, I started praying, Lord, answer their prayers because I want them to know what it's like to know that God answers prayers for them and that he loves them and he's concerned about them. Just a little.
little prayers. It's fine, Lord, please answer that prayer. Some stuff I'm like, Lord, no, don't answer that prayer. And I'll tell him, I prayed the Lord wouldn't answer that, so that might not happen. Um, but although I don't have what I call my Huxtable life, I say all the time, my life is a sitcom. All the time. We laugh so much. The things that happen in our house, we do dance. We do everything that we need to do that's almost, almost the Cosby's. And I pray that the Lord will answer prayers and he will bring a Cosby man to her. Yes, and y'all can pray that too. Amen. <laughs> hey, and Shonda, I'll be shouting around this church. I'm going to take a lap, so don't laugh at me when it does happen. But, I mean, this is the season. I mean, it feels good. I feel like there has been a rites of passage that I went through and that the Lord had to take me to that place um, and remove some things out of my life so that I could get to the intimacy that he wanted me to get. Because where I am intimate, I can also lend that to my children. I can teach them how to pray. I can teach them how to lean on the Lord so that when they get older, they have kids. They're doing the same thing for their children. And we're continuing a legacy um, that has uh, one that our family is postured to serve God, to be on our face before him and to build the kingdom. And that is, I'm getting older and a lot of my friends are dying. And the more those instances happen, the more I realize we only have a short time here. So Lord, okay, what it has, what you have for me, I just want to live out every page that you've already written in my book concerning me. And I want to live it out to the fullest, to the glory of God. Amen. 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 Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much for sharing. Can we uh, give all five mothers here a hand again? I'll uh, say a word of prayer. But before I do, <laughs> I just have a, a word for, uh, for the mothers. And I know I'm standing between uh, lunch uh, for everybody with, with their mothers, so I won't, won't be before you long. Um, but I just want you all to hear these words. Mothers, you are invaluable. You are invaluable. Counselor, teacher, Nurse, chauffeur, chef, businesswoman. All these are terms, just a few that define and describe what you are. And this morning, we were riding in the car. And it was silent for about 15 minutes, just kind of riding. And Tempest's phone, she gets on the phone, phone rings. She answers about two minutes go by. Ariana, our oldest, says, Mom. Girl, we've been riding in the car for 15 minutes. So you wait till your mama get on the phone. I'm like, don't do that. That's rude. Wait till she gets off. Another five minutes go by. Tim's still on the phone. Mama. I'm like, girl, didn't I say wait till she gets off? Don't do that. That's rude. Tempest hangs up. Girl, what do you want? Mommy, what's the date? <laughs> like, what was the point? I say that to say, 
I hear the things that you all have said, especially the ups and downs, highs and lows, and even my wife and my mom, things in certain ways will veer ourselves. There's no wrong that my wife can do in my daughter's eyes. an unconditional love and just wanting the attention and love. And that's the way I pray that you mothers see yourself, the way that your children, small children, I know it can be some things as we get older, myself included, but your small children, they can do, you can do no wrong in their eyes. So in those times you're feeling low, see yourself the way that that two, three, four, five-year-old sees you and the way that God sees you. And we love you. Father, we just thank you uh, for the mothers on this morning. We thank you for what they are to us. We thank you, God, for um, what they will continue to be. I just pray that you replenish and pour back into them everything that they give out. Help them to see themselves as you see them, Heavenly Father. Help us to give them the affirmations that they need to be what they need, Heavenly Father. And even when we fall short, we ask that you be there to remind them who they are through Christ in you, God. And I just pray that your will be done in their lives and in each one's uh, lives here, Heavenly Father. Those that are not with us, I also pray for God. And those who have recently lost their mother, Heavenly Father, as Pastor Chris said, today can be uh, a hard day for many, whether it's a recent loss or 20 years from now, have, uh, from from what has happened, Heavenly Father, 20 years in the past. I just pray that you be comfort to each and every person here today, Heavenly Father, every mother, and your will be done above all. In Christ's name we pray, amen.